بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والنجم إذا هوى ما ضل صاحبكم وما So this is Hadith position. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said this, Ana Rahman, I'm Rahman. And we know that one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names is Rahman, although it's a name that indicates to an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of this ayah and other ayahs, a lot of scholars say that Ar-Rahman is the highest and the greatest of Allah's attributes because his name is Allah. And our attributes, which are not limited to 99, there are many attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. Although there is a special virtue for remembering and knowing the 99 names of Allah. So one of those is Ar-Rahman and the highest of those attributes is Ar-Rahman. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, from my greatest of my attributes, which is Rahman, I have driven a name for joining the relation, and that is Salatul Rahim, joining the relation. In fact, Rahim is the womb of the mother. It's called Rahim. And the word Rahim is driven from Rahman, same, Rahamim, same word. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, see the connection between that Rahim of your mother that will join all of your relations in this world and my name which also tells us that when a name is driven from a specific root word that root word has a special connection to the meaning of the name which simply indicates that having good names names that are driven from good root word is very important also they have their own effect so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, see, I have driven the name Rahim, the kinship, from the word Rahman, which is my name. So since it's a branch of my name, therefore I'm declaring that whoever will join it, will keep his connection with that Rahim, he's connected to Rahman. And whoever will disconnect himself from the Rahim, he's disconnected from Rahman also. So joining the relation is a connection with the Rahman subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other hadiths, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abdul al-As radiallahu anhu, says that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us, Ar-Rahimu shajlatun min al-Rahman. Rahim is driven from Rahman. Same message. It's driven from Rahman. Shajan basically is the branches of the trees that are intermingled. They are into each other. So they branch off from the same root, but they are all crossing each other. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ar-Rahimu shajnatun, and we can read it as shujnatun also, min al-Rahman. It's driven from Rahman. It's a branch of Ar-Rahman, which means it's driven, it's the root word is Rahamim which is Rahim. Whoever will connect it, will maintain it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will maintain his connection. Whoever will break it off, Allah will break him off also. It will have an unfettered, eloquent tongue on the day of Qiyamah. Which means on the day of Qiyamah, this Rahim Allah will give it a power of speech. This 
joining of the relation will come in a form of a living being and it will have the power to speak and it will speak on that day witnessing for those who were keeping it connected and establishing it and witnessing against those who were breaking it off. Very serious hadith and very serious. Any person that understands the seriousness of these hadith and the seriousness of the message in these hadith, a person who would study these hadith after knowing this will have to think hundred times before severing the connections before cutting off his relation with his relatives before starting a fight and a war within a family will have to kind of think not just hundred times maybe a million times depends on how much importance we have to the message of Rasulullah in our lives in another hadith which is also narrated which is narrated by Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ahabba an yusatta lahu fi rizqi. Anyone who wants to have his provision to be expended, which means barakah and rizq, has a lot of rizq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the door of rizq for him. Wa yusatta lahu fi atari. And for him to have longer life. Fal yasir rahimah. He should maintain the ties of kinship. Another hadith narrated on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Hurairah who says, I heard Rasulullah saying, and same message, Man a person who would like to have his provision to be expended, and his life to be prolonged. He should join the kinship. He should maintain the ties of his kinship. The message of these ahadiths, both of these ahadiths, is very simple. The barakah that a person gets in his life for joining the relationship. One barakah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him the barakah in business. The other barakah is he will get the barakah in his life. So barakah in his life and barakah in his risk. Not necessarily that this person will have millions or this person will live hundred years. It is the barakah of these things. And simply the barakah of these things meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow this person to use these things in his benefit of Akhirah. These things will always be in his favor having a life for as long as he lives will be in his favor to have that much of life and having wealth will be in his favor his wealth will always be taking him into the right direction not in a wrong direction because people have long lives or whatever amount of life they live but many times at the end of their life the person takes a wrong turn in his or her life and that life becomes a source of shar and evil for this person. Sometimes people having wealth becomes a source of shar and evil for that person and his family. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us a way of protecting our wealth and our lives from being a source of shar and evil for us. And that is joining the relationship. This 
will protect our life from going into one direction, will protect our wealth from being used in wrong things and things that will be against us in Akhirah. Also, Yusa Alamufi Atari and Baraka, which means long life and Baraka of the rest, also means that these things will be used in a way that the person will keep on getting the benefit of it after he will die. So his life becoming a source of salafajariya for him. His wealth is becoming a source of salafajariya for him. For example, this person did a type of good deed that when he passes away, that good deed continues after him. Say a person have put a Quran as a salaf. Anyone reading that Quran, this person has passed away, anyone reading from that Quran is getting the reward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used his life, his time, and his wealth in for him in a way that is becoming salafajani for him. People will have good memories of that person and make dua for him. This is salafajaniya for this person. So his life became yusalafi which means his life that was there in this world is becoming, is getting him something good even after he left this world. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah in wealth and put barakah in life, in time also. Just as, you, as we see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa who could be better example for barakah than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa within a 23 years of period, period of his life, he established his whole deen, the whole Quran and all the ahadith and all the teachings of deen within 23 years. All of it was established. In addition to all the other work that he was doing, his own ibadah, personal life, you see how much salah, how much fasting, and all other things, activities that he was involved in. But yet, there's barakah, there's so much barakah that many times when people read the hadith about his tahajjud, qiyamul layl, and how many juz he's reciting every night, they find it impossible because we don't have that barakah now. As we see in the life of Sahaba Ridwan Allah having one day and then still doing all the activities throughout the day without having any additional food. Where are they getting the energy from that one day and immediately the amount of food we eat? And yet we can't do what they were able to do. We don't have that energy. It's the bar of the rest. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in the rest. Just one glass of water, and they will survive on it for days. And here we drink bottles of bottles and liters after liters of water, and still we don't have the same kind of energy from it. So it's barakah in that rest with small amount of things. How much achievement they had, Umar Look at the achievement of Sayyidina Umar within the ten years of his khilafah. And the things he established during these 10 years, the Ummah were not able to even just maintain that after him. It's the barakah of his time and barakah of his efforts. So, this is what Rasulullah is telling us a person, one of the ways of achieving barakah in our life, in our risk, is to keep our, uh, to maintain the ties of friendship and keep our connection with our relatives. Then we have a chapter says, A person who 
Google maintained a tie of kinship, his family will love him too. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu a person who would be God conscious. And maintained the ties of kinship. That person will have a longer term of life. I don't understand what this means, Barakah is life. And his wealth will be abundant, which means Barakah in the risk. And his family will love him. People within the family will love this person. Of course, there will always be those people who don't care about how you treat them. But our family members who see that how we are treating them so kindly, so nicely, with so much love, care, we take care of them. And those relatives, they are not appreciating what you do for them. They still try to hurt you. This will make other people love you also within the family. And one rule you should always remember as this part is advised by Abdullah that building relations will make you be loved by your family. One thing we all should remember, especially those who are newly married, who are about to get married, and of course for every married person also. Never, ever say a word against your in-laws in front of your wife. It's something that generally is taken as a joke. And when we say anything like this, it's really that, okay, you know, be scared of your wife. But if you really want to maintain a healthy relation within your family, never say a word against your that will always protect your connection and your love in your wife's heart. Many times people do make this mistake. And especially with counseling, I see it doesn't happen rarely. In our time, especially, it happens a lot. When your brother did this, your brother is like this, your father is like this. In the initial stages of marriage, of marital life, she will stay quiet. She will say, okay, you know, yeah, you know, I talk to them, inshallah, they will be better. Make dua for them. If she's nice and she's quiet and she's Hakima, understanding woman, she will just try to cool the husband down. But it's going to come out after 20 years. Then she's going to take it all, take all the two tears out of you at once. And you won't be able to bear it. I'll tell you that much. So it's a rule of life, really. And it's part of what we are learning in deep hadith also. That don't just don't say anything bad about your family in general. Don't speak against your relatives. And in-laws are also part of our relatives. So don't say anything against them. And as I said, even if you have some differences, if the difference is between you and them, don't involve your wife. It puts her in a difficult situation. She cannot take any sides. It will hurt your feeling to hear statements from her husband against her relatives. Maybe truly she understands also that they are wrong in this case. But why hurt her feeling? What is it that she can do? Can she go and change them and 
sometimes we are going to be wrong. And of course, that would be the level of zulm. And that is, tell your father this, tell your mother this, tell your brother this, and tell them already. You are the one born to the Why are you telling them to tell them? Why are you putting her in that kind of situation? Worse than this, go back to your home and make sure you don't come back until this thing has been finished. Was she a person who was handling all the cases in her home before this marriage? No, she was never involved in that. You got involved in business with them. You got involved in some type of trading with them. You borrowed money from them. And now you want her to get involved in it. Oh, tell them to pay me this. Tell them to do this. Tell them to fix this. No, this is wrong. And this is totally unjust. So, this is really the part of what uh, joining the relation will make your family love you. It's part of that is that we do not speak against our in-laws and the children of our wives. And not only this, same thing from the other side. If the wife has that strength to speak against her in-laws, she shouldn't even do that. It goes from both sides. And once we have children, we should even be more careful because for children now, these are grandparents from both sides. These are uncles and aunts from both sides. We don't want them to learn disrespect for their elders. And this is one of the things that we see happening, that they lose respect for their aunts and uncles because they have been hearing stories from both sides. So now they don't like their uncles, they don't like their aunts, they don't even like to talk to them. Now many times, uncles and aunts, even if they say salam, they don't like to respond to their salam. This is because of what they have been hearing on our dining table, what they hear in our homes. So we have to be very, very careful about this. These are serious teachings that Rasulullah sallallahu is sharing with us. Another chapter, the next chapter, it says, that joining the relation, and in that case, we have to remember, we need to be observant of the closer relations first. Nuqdam ibn Ma'ibtarab says that I heard Rasulullah saying, Inna Allah Allah commands you to be dutiful to your mother. And then still Allah commands you to be dutiful to your mother. Then he commands you to be dutiful to your father. Then he commands you to be dutiful to the next closest relatives and then the next closest relatives. Go in that order. See the word, Inna Allah When parents are making the final will, we say this is the wasiya of my father. I want to respect my father. And I want to respect his last will. This was the last will he made to me. Rasulullah used the word wasiyah, which means a very important advice, a very important command of Allah, something very important that has been ordered by Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala to all the believers. 
Entonces, you see to the Abati Umahatiko, make sure that you take care of your mother and again your mothers. And then the third time Rasulullah commands you to take care of your fathers. And then you keep on moving forward with your relatives according to their closest to you. So fathers, brothers, uncles, mothers, sisters, those aunts, and then mothers, brothers, and fathers, sisters. So you keep on moving forward with that order. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to establish that relation and to keep on maintaining those type of relations. A person whose name was Abu Ayyub Sulaiman narrates this narration as Imam Why did you say this? 
قصته سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول I have heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم saying إن أعمال بني آدم تعرض على الله تبارك وتعالى عشية كل خميس ليلة الجمعة I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that the deeds of human beings are presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the night of Friday. Every Friday night, the night between Thursday and Friday, our a'mal are presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا يَقْبَلُ عَمَلَ قَاطِعِ رَحِمٍ He does not accept the actions of someone who has severed the ties of his country. Any person who has broken the relation with his relatives, that Thursday his amal of the week are not accepted. Allah rejects it. He says, take this back. I don't want any of his business. I don't want to look at any of his business. Something very, very serious. We're doing so many amal, so many deeds, so many good deeds. For who? For the pleasure of Allah. And Allah says, no, I don't want to look at it. And I don't want to look at his business. Let him do whatever he wants. But because he has broken the ties of friendship, I'm not going to look at his good deeds anymore. Until he will reestablish that connection. Now the hadith Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar ما أنفق الرجل على نفسه وأهله يحتسبها إلا آجره الله تعالى فيها. A person who spends anything on himself and on his family with the intention of earning the reward from Allah سبحانه وتعالى with good intentions, Allah سبحانه وتعالى will reward him for it. So when we buy our clothes. When we buy anything for ourselves, even for that we need to make good intentions that I'm having this good dress so that, you know, I can do some good deeds with this dress, you know, I can present myself in a good manner to, as a pleaser, as a whatever, you know, uh, make any good intention for buying anything good that we are having for even ourselves. And whatever we buy for our families is part of sadaqah. Which means, is a charity, is a rewarding deed, as long as we have a good intention. And that will also prevent us from buying anything for showing off. Because now, when you're thinking about making good intentions, I don't find a good intention. If I'm sincere in my intentions, sincere between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know I'm buying it only to show off. I'm not buying it for myself. I'm buying it so people can see. So right now I'm going to stop. And so until I have a good intention for having this, I will, this will stop us from buying anything that is haram. Because I can't have a good intention buying something that is haram. How will I buy this? Whereas this is something I know that we will be committing sin through this. I will be doing something haram through this. My family may end up doing haram through this or not like this. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is why he said, يَحْتَسِبُهَا This word is very important. A person who would buy anything for his family or himself, يَحْتَسِبُهَا With the intention of a reward. 
illa ajarullahu ta'ala Allah will give you reward subhanallah what a beautiful deed that we are buying food for ourselves we are buying groceries and sometimes we feel like this is expensive I keep thinking when this father says I'll keep you my children I'm gonna buy this is expensive but it's food what are they going to do they're not going to use this food for haram they will enjoy the food you know something that comes over in the season I don't see it too often it's expensive I'm going to still buy it there is sadaqah this is rewarding deed that we are doing it's not wasting of money we buy dresses for them we buy shoes for them everything we buy for them we buy pens and pencils for them every penny we spending on our home if we need have the right intention, it has to be worthwhile. One of the problems we have in our time is, is not that people have wrong intentions, it's missing of the intentions. That when we bought groceries for four or five hundred dollars maybe, because we want to invite friends and all of that, but there was no intention. If we had made the intention for every penny out there, there would be reward. But when there's no intention, so it's very important to make a habit of making a good intention before we spend any penny. For whatever reason, we are buying food, we are buying some other merchandise, we are buying some furniture, we are buying books, we are buying uh, toys for our children. That is all part of our sadaqah. It's all rewarding deeds as long as they did it just with marks of showing off so people can see we have this. People can see that I buy this for my children. Oh, people can will speak good about me because of this. It's not for that reason. It's not because others have it, so I need to buy something more expensive than others, what others have. I, my children should have things that are higher quality than what other children, other people's children have. Then of course, this is not only wasting of money, in fact, it's going to be against us, may Allah help us. You know sometimes people like to wear certain dresses or carry certain things, I don't want to say just use your name first for it, but carry certain things so people can see. And people can see the name on it. We want to make sure the tag is showing, is not covered. You won't wear anything on top of it. This has to be all the way on top. So people will know that it's a brand name. That is, that, that is shaitan. That is shabar. That is showing off of it. And this is against us. Wear it if you like it. It could be the most expensive one. That's fine. It, it is for your own comfort. It's for my own personal benefit. I feel that, you know, I like this price, I like it, whatever, it's for my soul, then it's fine. But if it is just so that people can see what I wear and how I wear and how much I spend, then it's shawarah and it's not wrong. So, Rasulullah said, Man ala Whatever a person spends on his, on his soul, on his family, Allah will give him reward for it. What that biman ta'awun? Rasulullah then says, A person should begin with those 
whose support is his responsibility. First thing is spent on those that you are supposed to be taking care of. You know, he says, you know, I'm spending my time with anyone. Let me first thing give someone else. No. Those that depend on you. Those that you are in charge of, that you're responsible for, start from there. Those are the first, those are the priorities. That if you have extra after spending on your family, on those that you are in charge of, if you have an addition to that, then the closer relatives. If you have more than that, then start passing it out. So Rasulullah in this hadith told us what who are the people that are the most deserving of our money that we started spending in addition to ourselves. In other hadith, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abi Ufa radiallahu anhu said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna al-rahmata la tanzilu ala qawmin fihim qafiru rahim. Mercy and very, very serious hadith. Amazing hadith. So very, the message of the hadith we can see is not something we can take it very lightly. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Mercy, mercy of Allah does not descend on a people where there is someone who have broken the ties of Islam. Even if it's sitting in a gathering, those people are deprived of the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of this. It's amazing when a person is living like this in a family, how much that family is deprived of the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the whole family is just apart and everyone dislikes others and they all hate each other, they won't go to see, to see the faces of each other. How much far they are going away from the Allah of Allah. As I said, it's really very serious hadith that we are reading here. And it will really, a person with Iman, a person who knows the value of the words of Rasulullah the message of Rasulullah will have to think million times before he would break any relation with anyone or starts having any type of uh, hard feelings about any of his relatives and disconnecting himself from relatives. Yes, if there is, if there is a reason of Sharia, if there is a valid reason that Sharia will allow us for keeping our distance from people, that means different. And inshallah, later on, there will be more hadith that will explain that there will be different reasons and also giving us the right reasons and what will be the limits then in keeping our distance with our relatives. With the right reasons, Sharia does allow us. It's not that okay, even if they are hurting our children's iman and because of that relationship, our children are falling into haramat and they have to eat haram and they have to go into all kind of uh, sins and still we have to keep it the connection because these are our relatives. No. Then of course Sharia will tell us to keep your distance. So those are things inshallah will come later on. But within the boundaries of Sharia, Sharia, there is no reason from the Sharia point of view that will allow us 
to keep our distance, then we need to always keep our relations intact. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all of these muhabbamat. Wa sallallahu Mawla ya salli wa sallim